All right, so we have some people uh, being seated. It's time for the sermon. Uh, and for this part of the sermon, uh, it's going to be a children's message. So, Gordy, I don't know. I mean, you're heading back to the back, but I'm going to invite uh, whoever the usher is who is going to collect the children's message. That's Gene. Uh, come on, and you're already here. So, kids, will you come up and join me up front? But I also need six, I need six adults who want to volunteer for this. So first, let's select the six. Let's have a couple here. Raise your hand. Who's going to join me up here? Colin, up. Jack, Carolyn, Peplin, Jack. We got four there. Let's do it. Okay. We got five. Do we have anywhere here? Let's have a six. Number six. Cindy, Cindy, come on. All right. All right. Okay, so kids, come on up. Yeah, the off there's the offering. Gene has the offering. Great. Okay. We got number six coming. Okay, so you are so, and you are that. And then, and then, okay, so you guys stand right here. The so that's are right here. Okay, Brian and Jack, you guys each get one of those tools over there. So grab one of those tools and just stand behind the so that people, and then you have these tools. Okay, so you're gonna stand in kind of single file behind the so that's, and we're gonna do this one at a time. Okay, we got all kinds of kids here, and, and I'm going to do this with you. So we're going to learn about this phrase, so that. Have you ever heard of this phrase before? So that. I wonder what it means. When we read it in a sentence, what does it mean? Well, let's, let's try something. Let's have the first example. Go on the side uh, of, of Carolyn. So, Brian, why don't you come around the side? And you have that. Okay, okay. Now, if you have a broom, why would you have a broom? You have a broom so that... What? Well, that is a broom. Why do we have a broom? Why do you think you would pick up a broom to do something with? You're giving a, getting a hint. What is it? To brush your teeth. Yeah. You know what? You know what? That kind of broom looks like a giant's toothbrush. What I want to see is I want to see the giant's tube of toothpaste. That's what I want to see. All right. So is anyone willing to say, like, what it is that you use a broom for? You. To clean or to sweep. So the answer is, you grab a broom so that you can sweep. Excellent. Thank you, Brian. Let's have the next person up here. Jack, let's have you do this. Now this one, we actually read about this in our scripture passage. There's, there's something that you would use these for. To chop down something? Yeah. To prune. You heard about it in the scripture passage. That's it. That was our quickest one. You would grab those so that you can prune a bush. Excellent. Thank you, Jack. Okay, now we have this. What in the world is that? It's a, it's, it's a marker. That's right. And what do you use a marker for? For drawing. You got it. We use the marker so that we can draw. You get it? Okay, thank you. 
And then we have one more. What is... It's for measuring. Well, there, see, that's interesting that you should say that because, because even before we called it a measuring tape, we talked about its purpose, and that is to measure. So we have a measuring tape so that we can measure. Okay, so let's have all of our, all of our, our tools over here. One of the great things about this summer is that we've been in one scripture passage for the entire summer. And when you do that, you can go into depth with some of the words. And in a normal sermon on John 15, 1 through 11, we would never focus on these simple words, this phrase, so that. But it turns out that they're very important words. Because at the very end of what Jesus says, and we're at the very end of our summer series, Jesus says, I have said these things to you so that, so that my joy may be in you and your joy may be complete. It turns out that the reason why Jesus said this, the reason why we've been studying it, is so that Jesus' joy might be within us and among us as the body of Christ. That's the simple message, and you may go back to your seats. Thank you, volunteers. All right. Well, we continue with our second of our, of our basically, children's message object lessons as we move through this text. Um, here we have, we have some water, some nice fresh water. But along with this, on this table, are, are some water bottles. They are empty. Empty water bottles. I have to tell you that I had plenty to choose from. I don't know if any of you are in this same situation. So there is a, there's a cupboard in the Helmke family kitchen where you open it up and basically these things just fall out all over the place. We have what, I've, I've probably 20 or 30 water bottles in there and, and they're all around us. Uh, and uh, so many of us know what it's like to have a lot of water bottles. But, you know, even though a lot of us have a lot of water bottles, Doctors tell us that we don't always get enough water to drink every day. We're supposed to have. How many of you know what we're supposed to have? What's the recommended daily allowance? Yes. Was it? 64 fluid ounces? Man, that's a lot of water. That's a lot of water. So yeah, you can read this on different you know, websites. I was looking at the Mayo Clinic website recently, and, and, uh, and they had their recommendations. Everyone has their recommendations. Uh, whenever I read it, I feel guilty <laughs> and a little bit dehydrated be because, because I rarely drink that much water. But it's still out there drawing me forward into this, this realm of health where I'm fully hydrated all the time. And I have my heroes of drinking water. Do you have your heroes of water drinking as Forrest takes a drink right now? So you're thirsty. So your heroes of, of drinking water are people who like carry this around with them all day and they're always drinking, they're drinking their water just like, just like Brenda right here. Wow, you guys are really showing up for this. This is awesome. I had no idea. Nathan, did you do this? Plant people in the crowd to, to be drinking water even as we speak. There's Jenny over here, not to be outdone. And Tisha, thank you very much. 
You are my water heroes. I look to you as you set the example for we, the civics. Yes, man, we got... There is a movement that I was not aware of here. There's, there's Grace with her water right there. Wow, wow, this is crazy. You all are my heroes for, of drinking water, and I'm going to look to you uh, to... I'm going to follow what, what you do for your health because I need that reminder to do that because I'm one of those who... I'm probably not your water-drinking hero. Um, uh, I'm, I'm not always drinking water throughout the day. I, I probably drink more coffee than water. Uh, and so I need, to, I need to even that up. I need to get that full amount that Maury was telling me I need. And, uh, and you guys should hold me accountable for that, right? Let's hold each other accountable for that because that's important for health. I feel like Dr. Oz right now. So anyway... Jesus said, I'm telling you this so that my joy may be in you. So think about this water as Jesus' joy. You know, it's not too far of a stretch in Jesus' teaching in the Gospel of John. Jesus said that, that, that whoever is thirsty, if you come to me, you will have rivers of living water welling up from within. And the text tells us right there in John chapter 7 that Jesus is speaking of the Holy Spirit, which his disciples were going to receive. And so there's something about this connection, this remaining in the vine, this connection, this abiding in Jesus that has to do with the Holy Spirit. And, and Jesus wants our, his joy to be in us, just like water can fill up one of these water bottles. Now there is water in one of these water bottles. And so it's in. This is the demonstration of something very, sim very simple, and that is the water is not in this bottle. It's empty. There is water in this bottle. Remaining in Jesus, abiding in Jesus, Jesus comes to live within us by his Holy Spirit and refreshes us and gives us life. But the reason why Jesus is teaching this and this is the hard truth, is that we human beings have the ability to kind of separate ourselves from Jesus' presence, from the vine, in a way. So that's why we're being called to abide. So that we will have, really, our bottles full of the living water. And it does taste good. All right. So we have our, our water bottles. I'm going to fill up this one to start putting some, some water in here, maybe, maybe for later, make sure we get enough water for our health. Empty water bottles in a cupboard remind me of Bibles on shelves in our homes that rarely get opened. <laughs> maybe it's in the form of a prayer journal that we started once, but just the cares of the world and day by day, we haven't entered anything in there for a long time. Maybe it's that, it's that practice that, that has been very meaningful for us, but for some reason we just kind of wake up and recognize that while we used to pray a lot, it's been a long time, and it feels like there's only a few drops of the living water in our lives. This summer, we have been reminded, really, of the abundance that is ours as we remain in Christ, as we abide in Christ. And again, 
just like water bottles are the tool that God gives us to be able to get water into our bodies to give us physical health, there are tools that God gives us. God's Word, Scripture, is just so rich. Prayer. Contemplative prayer. Taking our needs to the Lord. Praying for others. This is the way that God gets His living water, His joy, into us. And it's through this connection. So, like our home has a lot of empty water bottles, so many to choose from, and yet sometimes we can feel parched and thirsty. A lot of times it's not by lack of having Scripture around us in our homes that really is the problem, is it? It's making that decision of saying, I want more of Jesus in my life. I'm going to open up this word. I'm going to read it. I want more water in my life. I'm going to open up this water bottle. I'm going to fill it. I'm going to drink it. I'm going to carry it with me. With me. You know, the great thing about drinking water, and and the water heroes of mine do this, is they take it wherever they go. They take it with them. These bottles go wherever they go. It's the great thing about a bottle. You can take it with you. You can be at work. And you can drink water. But the same thing about scripture and prayer. You can take that to work. You can take it to school. You can take it to a board meeting. You can take it to an exercise class. You can take it into a family disagreement. You can take it into a time of sorrow. A time of anxiousness. Perhaps about a new diagnosis in our health. Jesus gave us this teaching to abide in him as he abides in us so that his joy may be in us. But he also says, so that your joy may be complete. You see, you know, when I, when I filled up this bottle, I, I didn't fill it all the way, and there, there's a reason for that. Is that as human beings, you know, we, we are really built by God to experience joy. And this is a, a feeling of, of inner contented happiness and fulfillment. We have this capacity. But what Jesus is saying here is, he's saying, so that my joy may be in you, he also recognizes that we have joy in our lives, but without him, our joy is going to remain incomplete. There's going to be something missing. It's not going to be full. Some of you have memorized this verse from years and years ago, and there was a song associated with it, and, and it was about, rather than completeness, it was about fullness, that my joy may be in you and that your joy may be full. Full. This bottle is not quite full. Okay, so we've been doing a kind of a children's message type of thing. And here's the children's message part for the older kids among us. Those who engage in the life of the mind. 17th century French mathematician Blaise Pascal is best known for a quote that is often misquoted, but it generally gets the idea of what he did say. 
Pascal is famous for, for being one who described that we human beings have a God-shaped vacuum within us. He was a scientist. So the whole idea of a vacuum, which is a space devoid of matter, purely empty space, a void, that we have something like that within us that can only be satisfied with the eternal. Here's what he actually wrote in his, in his collection of essays called Pensee. What else does this craving that we experience as human beings, this sense of helplessness proclaim, but there, that there was once in humanity a true happiness, a real joy, of which all that now remains is the empty print or trace. This he tries in vain to fill with everything around him, seeking in things that are not there the help he cannot find in those that are, though none can help since this infinite abyss can be filled only with an infinite object, in other words, by God himself. What Pascal said in the 17th century, C.S. Lewis echoed a number of times in the 20th century. See, to to C.S. Lewis, this concept of joy, the joy of Christ in our lives, our joy and the fullness of, of that joy with Christ, was very much a theme of his writing and his life of faith. He also was a keen observer of, of, of humanity, and just like Pascal noticed in his day that, that human beings were kind of famous for just trying to fill their lives with things to fill an emptiness that only God can fill, C.S. Lewis saw that in his age, in the mid-20th century. And he wrote this. This is a very quick quote, but he says this, Sometimes I wonder whether all pleasures are not a substitute for true joy. The human pleasures, God gives us human pleasures, and yet we are often reaching beyond the full impact of those human pleasures towards something more, something greater to fill the emptiness within. And Lewis calls this joy. In fact, he says this. He says, all joy reminds. Reminds. It is never a possession always a desire for something long ago or further away or still about to be. This is how Lewis describes the eternal sense of joy. That joy is what connects us with something that we can't produce on our own. which connects us with the person of Jesus, the one who connects us to our eternal God, our maker, who connects us to our eternal destiny, our home in Christ. And it is Jesus who fills our cup to overflowing. Egad, did he just do that? (laughs) Overflowing water. A number of us have had some rather not great experiences with overflowing water in our homes this summer. Uh, There's more than one of us who have had some damage in our homes due to leaks. Um, By the way, that's going to dry up just fine. (laughs) But you remember Psalm 23, verse 5? My cup runneth over. In the more modern translations, NIV, NRSV, it says, my cup 
overflows. This is what it means to walk with the living God. This is what it means to be connected to the living Christ, to abide in him. Our cup overflows with this living water. It is filled. Our joy is made complete. It is filled by Jesus day in and day out. Here's what John Calvin says, and we're going to end with Calvin because as a Presbyterian church, we should finish with a quote from John Calvin. And this is from his commentaries. I often go to John Calvin's commentaries because um, they weren't technically biblical commentaries. They're really the transcripts of his preaching. He was a biblical preacher in the city of Geneva. And, and here is what he wrote about John 15, verse 11. It is called Christ's joy and our joy in various respects. It is Christ's joy because he has given it to us for he is both the author and the cause of it i say that he is the cause of it because we were freed from guilt when the chastisement of our peace was laid on him isaiah 53 5 i call him the author of it because by his spirit he drives away dread and anxiety in our hearts and then at that time arises a calm cheerfulness. It is said to be ours for a different reason, because we enjoy it since it has been given to us. Now since Christ declares that he spoke these things, that the disciples might have joy, we conclude from these words that all, who have duly profited by this sermon of Jesus have something upon which they can rest. Friends, we, from this experience this summer, we all have something upon which we can rest. Let us take it with us. Let us abide in the vine.